Uh, we're going to have the scripture. I'm going to read the scriptures to us now, and uh, Felucio is going to um, bring the fire. And uh, we're uh, exploring the last fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. At least Felucia knows which helps as you're preaching on it. So um, uh, hopefully the scriptures will come up on the screen and uh, with the readings themselves. Wonderful. So first one is from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. So it's a reminder of all the qualities that we've been thinking about. And we have got to the very end. So well done, everybody. God's Spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. There is no law against behaving in any of these ways. And the next read, I think, is from 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 4, chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. Love is patient and kind, never jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. Love isn't selfish or quick-tempered doesn't keep a record of wrongs that others do. Love rejoices in the truth, but not in evil. Love is always supportive, loyal, hopeful, and trusting. Love never fails. Everyone who prophesies will stop, and unknown languages will no longer be spoken. All that we know will be forgotten. Amen. Over to Felicia. Amen. Thanks, James. And before we continue, let's just take a moment to pray. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Now, one of the things that I really like about my Yoruba Nigerian heritage is the importance that we give to names. Now, if you know uh, enough West African heritage people, then you've probably noticed that we are quite big on what I call virtue names or aspiration names. <clears throat> Bear with me. So amongst my own friends and family, I saw some knowing nods from people there. Here are just some of the names of people that I know. Now, of course, we've got comfort, peace, praise. Those are our kids. And then there are also familiar ones like joy, faith, honour. And then there are the ones that push it a bit further. So we're going into the more aspiration. So divine, favour, excel, success, goodness, flourish. Yes, I do personally know people with those names. And so whenever I come to this list of qualities, um, actually in Galatians, the love, joy, peace, patience, and so on, it kind of reminds me of all those virtue aspiration names. Um, and maybe you went to school with maybe a patience or a precious, or maybe some of you even have a virtue first name or middle name yourself. Just looking. You're not giving it away, okay. Well. I mean, they are wonderful names because often they're just these godly qualities, these good things that we want to see in our lives, um, those things that we want God to do for us in our lives, to bring out in our lives. But I have to say, in all these years of meeting all kinds of different virtue aspiration names, I've yet to meet anybody called self-control. <laughs> yep, hasn't happened. Because even though it is there amongst those um, Holy Spirit qualities in Galatians 5, like I said, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, 
somehow no one's really wanted to see that particular virtue in someone's life enough to give them that as a first name or even a middle name, I guess. Um, and for me, whenever I read this passage, self-control has always felt like the odd one out. You know, you've got all these lovely sounding, kind of quite beautiful sounding qualities, and then we end with self-control. Don't. It's just there. Like, what's that doing there? What is that doing there? A bit like an unexpected item in bagging area. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I mean, self-control can sometimes sound like, isn't that the thing that you bring to the party that just spoils all the fun? You know, isn't it the killjoy factor? But maybe we actually have a more favourable view of, of self-control. Self-control, you know, is that thing that, that brings balance. It's that necessary ingredient, yes, that brings balance. And, um, yeah, maybe we think, if we're thinking of self-control favourably, we tend to think when we've got enough self-control in the mix, then that's when things kind of steady out and we can have this wonderful kind of peaceful balance. And we just go through life in this very serene way as calm followers of Jesus. Now, certainly over the years, as I've continued in my faith journey as a disciple of Jesus, I've heard a lot of preaching and teaching that has emphasised balance. And, um, you know, that balance that means that you don't get too enthusiastic because, you know, you might get carried away and then start doing all kinds of naughty things. Balance that means that, you know, well, you shouldn't be too unenthusiastic because then you might start taking things for granted and not be thankful enough. And the more I've heard the emphasis on balance, I have to say, for me personally, it started to feel a bit like this impossible, yeah, spiritual kind of type walk tightrope walking act. You've kind of got to stay very narrowly in this space, otherwise if that balance goes, it's total chaos. And so balance can even balance, if that's our favourable view of self-control, balance can actually end up starting to feel and sound quite tense and stressful. So I do wonder, with self-control here as part of the fruit of the Spirit, those qualities that flow from love, I wonder if self-control is actually connecting with something much deeper, with something much richer. And rather than being the odd one out, or being some kind of, about some kind of serene or tense balance, what if self-control is somehow key to enabling us to live more fully, to live out lives of love more fully. Now, to me, that sounds like fruitfulness and nuance and detail. Um, it sounds like growth and flourishing. It sounds like something that's much more rich and deep and life-giving. Now, when I was choosing the Bible passages for this, this reflection, um, there were so many to choose from. It was quite easy because there were literally so many to choose from. And it was also really difficult because there are literally so many to choose from. The Bible is full of these qualities. And I've found even that as I've tried to... Um, we've been focusing on one quality each week. So now we're at this ninth quality, self-control. And what I've found is that 
as I've tried to focus more and more on one quality, I've kind of noticed that all the other qualities kind of somehow merge in and blend in and flow into each other. So that also becomes a little bit almost confusing. But maybe it's not really so confusing. Maybe it's not so surprising after all, because as we explored eight, nine weeks ago, these qualities actually flow from love, from the God who is love. They're all expressions, ways that love shows itself up in act, shows itself, not shows itself up, shows itself in everyday life. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 reminds us that this is what love is like. This is what love does. This is what God is like. This is what God does. So 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I like the translation that we had on the screen before. It keeps no record of wrongs that others do. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's what love is. That's what love does. That's who God is. This is what God does. As I said, this is love in action. So. These qualities, these fruit of the spirit, it's all about the God who is love. So it's no wonder that there are so many passages about it in the Bible. And when you think about it, well, to me anyway, it seems that in order to not envy, to not end up boasting, um, to not become proud and conceited, to not be easily angered, and perhaps especially when something really provoking has happened, um, to keep, not keep that record of the wrongs that others do. I think for those things to come, that probably requires self-control. Um, I looked up a definition of, uh, of self-control. Of course I did, James. You know I like my dictionaries. Yeah. And it said, self-control, the ability to control oneself, in, in particular, one's emotions and desires, especially in difficult situations. Or another one, restraint exercised over one's own impulses, emotions or desires. And I think it's not self-control isn't about in this way that God expresses self-control as part of love. It's not about kind of sitting tight on things and pretending, bottling things up until there's an explosion, or kind of repressing things. No, it somehow flows out of that love. Like all those other wonderful sounding qualities, self-control is about something that enables growth and flourishing, that's life-giving for ourselves and for others. So, for example, when faced with a situation where maybe you do really just want to fire off that sharp, sarcastic comment, I'm kind of talking to myself, that, that actually you know will wound rather than heal. What is it that enables us instead to respond with genuine, and I emphasize 
genuine kindness. When we'd rather not think about others, we'd actually rather just think about number one. What is it that helps us to choose what is helpful for others? What brings out the best in others? I honestly think that that is where self-control comes in. So maybe self-control in this mix of these qualities, these virtues that the fruit of the Spirit cultivates in our lives, maybe it's not such an odd one out after all. Now, as we've been through this very intense week with the death of the Queen, and all that means, firstly, for her loved ones, her family, and for the life of the nation, I found myself thinking, well, I think that the Queen knew quite a lot about self-control and a self-control that flowed from love. She'd often talk about her faith in Jesus too, especially in these latter years. And so when I thought about uh, an image that expressed self-control, I found myself remembering that image of the Queen sat on a bench by herself during the funeral service of her beloved husband, Prince Philip because we were still in the midst of COVID-19 restrictions and she was sat there by herself. Not many family members could be there and those that were present, she took that decision. And I think that probably most of us actually, we would have understood if maybe just one family member had been next to her. And I know people here also faced that kind of challenge. But for the Queen, as for those of us who also lost loved ones during that period of the restrictions and could not have the funerals that we thought we would have, could not be close to loved ones to give us that hug, to give and receive that hug. When we took that decision to accept the restrictions, I don't think most of us did it just because that's what the law said or that, you know, that we did it out of fear of, uh, of having a fine. I think most of us did that out of love. Even though it was really hard, we were very conscious of what was then still very real and present danger and we wanted to keep others safe we wanted to help stop the impact of this, that terrible disease, that terrible COVID-19 that we recognize still troubles us today. So when I picture the Queen there, when I see her, that was love expressed as self-control in action. And I think she was also very conscious of her role and responsibility as queen. Even though she must have known that probably they could have found a way to accommodate it so that she would have at least one person with her or that we would even have understood. And yet she expressed that love as self-control by accepting as the queen, as someone who people are looking at, taking a lead from, watching to see what she does. And there she was, that very, I mean, it's still a, an image that 
is painful. And for those of us who also could not have our loved ones close to us during funerals, we know how costly that decision was. But as I said, not motivated by fear, but a self-control exercised out of love and care and consideration for others. So as I said, self-control is what helps us to choose those words that heal rather than wound. Helps us to see the best in people, to expect the best rather than finding the fault and fixating on it. It helps us to want the best for others too. And it also helps us to not give up, to show patience, to not write people off easily, to not give up on things and situations easily. Now, you've probably noticed when I start talking in those terms, all of those things again now start to sound like faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, goodness, all of those qualities, those qualities, those virtues, fruit of the spirit, those things in action. So when we began this series, we were asking, now that the spirit has come, what kind of people do we become? People who increasingly live lives that are characterized by the fruit of the spirit. And not by gritting our teeth and forcing or manufacturing those qualities, but by being open to the Holy Spirit, cultivating that fruit of the Spirit in us. That fruit of the Spirit that flows from love because God is love. That fruit of the Spirit that shows up in everyday life in so many different, practical, everyday ways. So as we close, I'd just like to pray for us all. Loving God, thank you that we can come to you without pretense, without just gritting our teeth. Help us to welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, cultivating that fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, so that we live out lives of love where there's fruitfulness and nuance, growth and flourishing. Amen.